This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and this week me and Sam Peskin are joined by Nick Gillard. Albert Curley is once again off on holiday somewhere. Maybe he's gone to Saudi Arabia or something. Uh, no, he's at um, a swanky BAFTA gig or something or the other. Who knows? Um, making many excuses not to be on the show. But Nick is here to deputise. Thank you very much for joining. Me and you had a um, good old time at Arsenal on Monday night, well, at least until the last minute. We had a brilliant time at Arsenal. It was, it was really good. Uh, took, took the lad for his uh, first beers with his dad in a pub at an away game. And um, a good time was had by all. I can't really remember the match, um, <laughs> but it was a great night out. But as he said, after he'd finished, he's, he's doing a cadet course for um, uniform services. And he had to spend six hours on Tuesday marching and he was really hungover. And he said, I fucking hate Monday night football. Who invented it? So I told him the story of Rupert Murdoch and Sky Sports. Uh, Well, that was because he'd done too much of this. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Um, This week, I've got a very special beer. Um, But look. Heskiff's drinking fizzy water again, so we'll leave him out. Uh, um, there's no fizz this time. I'm not even that sophisticated. <laughs> uh, Nick, you've gone and bought a special beer, which I was looking at on Untapped, and um seems they sell it at Welling United. Lots of the check-ins were from Welling. Yeah, it's uh, from the Bexley Brewery, and it's Golden Acre Pale Ale. I haven't tried oh. it yet. so uh, Oh, go on then. Let's, um... I'll give it a bit of a try. Yeah, let's um, see how it sounds. But it used oh. to be called Golden Ale. And when you think about these these craft brewers, um, and then you look at their address and it's on some bleeding industrial estate, it kind of takes <laughs> away the romance of it a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> That's pretty much where they all are. Yeah, well, it's got a good head. And it is quite golden. It does say on the bottle that there's sediment, which shows it is real. Mm-hmm. Very nice. It does look nice. That's very nice. Good, good oh, fragrance. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's got a nice flowery. I was um, drinking neck oil the other day, and that had the washing up liquid aftertaste that Albert was uh, talking about. Um, yeah. mm, fairy liquid, was it, last yeah, week? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, um, yeah, this is all right. I might get another one of these. But I think it's because the local co-op. And I was a bit worried because you said about co-op beers being crap the other week and I actually had one in my hand when I was listening to it and I looked at it and I thought oh god I'm not telling Terence about this but I think they're having problems with deliveries so they might be trying to source locally so. oh right okay yeah, well that's good Get some one pound sixty a bottle that's not bad is it yeah well I mean um, M&S is having like, like they have loads of Gypsy Hill for example I was in there today looking at looking at all the Gypsy Hills in there Heskip just shaking his head at me um, I'm such a shill for M&S um, but this week I'm drinking Sack Attack New England IPA, like as in Mamadou Sacco. Oh, wow. Actually. So this was actually brewed by a um, friend of the pod, Nick, um, 
he went on a beer brewing course and um, part of the course is that you brew and bottle your own beers. So this is um, a 6.7% Simcoe Mosaic Sabro Citra Pale Ale. And I hate to say it, but it's really fucking good. <laughs> I really wanted it to taste like shit, but um, <laughs> it doesn't. So congratulations to Nick on your lovely beer. Is I it, will um, be... Will your legs give way after half an hour? What? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, you, I think we did this, didn't we? We, we played around <laughs> with a Sacco beer blurb. But um, yeah, Nick, I'll be back down to Mamadou's, which is the name of the pub at the end of his garden for a few more of these, that's for sure. Um, beer blurb. Now, yes. in the absence of Albert, Nick, Nick, you've written one. So. Yes. There were several to choose from. I was going to go for a Townsend one, putting hairs, hairs on your head. <laughs> um, I was going to go for a, a, an IPVA. Yeah, it's good. I like uh, that. But instead, we've got Remarge Artois, um, which is an ebullient nuki ale that goes perfectly with an Irish risky chaser. Strong enough to get your phoenix rising, and if you're lucky, on the odd occasion, you might score. Be careful, though, a few too many, and you'll be an emotional wreck, slumped on the floor in tears, opening your heart out to your best mate. Not really <laughs> a premier beer, but good enough to win a championship cup. Excellent stuff. Remarge Artois is very good. Yeah. Gee, we might have to source you to write all of these every week. Um, don't, don't tell Albert. Albert, Albert, you've been you've been raised by Gillard over here. <laughs> um, what, what you got next week? <laughs> Albert, get off the red carpet and get back into the drawing room. <laughs> well, yeah. Or he could just, whatever movie he's doing, working on next, he can just get one of the writers to write one. Is he, does he employ one? I mean, he's got cleaner and uh, an au pair. <laughs> <laughs> Can't he employ somebody to go to BAFTA for him so he can do the pod? <laughs> Indeed. Right. Um, well, that's good. I'm, I'm impressed with that. So now, as a, a reward, you can talk to me about this Generation Eleven. Oh, right, yes. I did mention it on the um, on the Arsenal pod, and now I've put everything away. Um, it's, a, it's a tournament to celebrate the fact that we're one of the oldest teams ever, ever, and we helped write the rules for football, the original 13 rules, um, way back in whatever the date is on the back of our blue and white Blackburn tribute shirt, 1856 or whatever it is. 61, 1861. 1861, only five years out. Um, so it's really weird. You've got to have at least three over 50 players. Um, some have got to be in their 40s, and you're only allowed two under 40s on the pitch at any time. Uh, yesterday, I'd found out that Alan Smith was managing, and we had AJ, Darren Ambrose, Eddie McGoldrick, and another player who I can't remember. And today, joining up, uh, we've got an assistant manager... Yes, um, have you that was Paul Stewart. Paul Stewart's the assistant manager. Yeah, Paul manager. Stewart's the assistant man. And Leon McKenzie's coming onto the pitch. Yes, indeed. So um, it's all being played at Hitchin, uh, who again were one of the original teams. So um, yeah, just check out the Palace website. It's all on there. Or listen to the uh, Match Report pod and uh, you can hear more about it on that one. I would just like to say that I mentioned Paul Stewart as one of my favourite loanees ever at Palace. And now we're bringing him back for this cup. So I'm going to take some credit for bringing him out of the doldrums. <laughs> he's not playing, though. He's going to be assistant manager unless he's a player assistant manager. I don't know. Uh, well, either way, he's there. So you're welcome. <laughs> he's there. Whatever I've happened got... to player managers? They're, they're a thing that you don't hear of anymore, aren't they? Well... Can you name me the last Palace player manager? Technically, he was player manager for half a game. Was it uh, Lombardo or not? So I think he was probably the last official one. I think this at this time it was um, the last time was Dougie Friedman when he came on at Dulwich Hamlet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does that S count? Assisted. It was a pre-season friendly, and he did assist Reese Adesani with a um, nutmeg pass. So, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Indeed. Um, right. <laughs> Heskiff, your reward this week is to talk about um, some Arsenal fan who says blood a lot, um, talking about P 
Palace being known for for a bird. I thought you were going to say that I was going to have to do the Patrick Riviera thing because in the ca- we we got a cab home, you I, uh, Vanessa and our mate Jason, and for a good five minutes you were trying to persuade me again to do Patrick Riviera every week, uh, and I'm stalling because I can't do it. So I'm grateful that you're asking me to talk about some pillock off Arsenal TV or whatever he does. I don't even know what his name is, to be honest, but he's one of those, like, he's the one who always gets angry. Like He's over. the one whose hat we hung from the Homesdale. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, someone put a video up of him after the Palace game where he was getting all annoyed because they were celebrating getting a draw against little lowly Palace. And he was like, they're not Man City, they're not Chelsea, they're not Man United, it's Crystal Palace. Crystal fucking Palace. And I was like, yeah, but you haven't beaten us at home for four years, I think now. And then he was like, what are they known for? They're they're, they're known for being a type of bird or something. And I was like, fucking hell. Your nickname is the Gunners, quite a macho nickname. And you refer to yourself as Gooners. So I think you need to spend more time sorting yourself out than worrying about a majestic bird like an eagle. We all know that's the best bird. Um, so, uh, let's face it; they left they left Woolwich because Charlton were too big for them. It's too exactly. close to Charlton. Any, exactly. If you leave South London to go north, you've lost before you've even started. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was quite funny. You know that they're getting so worked up, considering how rabid their support was at equalising against little lowly Palace. Um, but this bloke just, he he's over the top for the sake of being over the top. You know what I mean? You know, he, he's definitely playing up to the character, this guy. So I just think he's a fucking idiot, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the bloke in the fur coat in the tier above us? Um... Yeah, so we're, we're, <laughs> where, where Terence and I were standing, sort of a couple of rows in front of us, where... Uh, producer Billiam was actually two rows in front of us, but started sort of looking up and behind them, giving giving abuse to someone, and so we sort of like leaned forward, and you could just you could just see this angry, like red faced guy <laughs> in a really crap looking fur coat, really losing it, really losing it, and obviously the more you lose it, the more the Palace fans are going to give you shit, and the more that we give you shit, the more he loses it. Um, did he get thrown out in the end? I don't know. I can't really I, don't, I mean, there was definitely, it's usually what happens because you get told to sit down a lot, right, at Arsenal. And then if you don't sit down, you're, you're out on your ear. So um, I definitely saw him storming off to one end of the row at some point. But um, yeah, I guess he had the last laugh. I, I don't know if it is a last laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like um, the fact that Ramsdale run the length of the field to celebrate in the corner for a 2-2. It's harking back to Dan James equalising against Palace for Man United and then running over to the corner and like giving it all large. You're just like, you play for Man United, you're at home. And to your point, it is lowly Crystal Palace in that sense. Like, you you know, you're a top six team. You should be beating Crystal Palace at home. There's, There's no arguments to be had there. And your goalkeeper is running down the other end of the field. To celebrate in the corner, and it's not even a winner. <sighs> like you have, if you've won the game, at least you can be like, "Well, we've won the game," but uh, you've equalised, man. Yeah, yeah, silly. They celebrated more than Brighton with that equaliser, <laughs> didn't they? I don't know how many people <laughs> didn't see it because the stadium was quite empty by that time, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, so, I mean, I couldn't believe the amount of people flooding out between sort of eighty and eighty-three four minutes. It was. Ridiculous. I can see in the uh, queue at Highbury Islington Station afterwards. <laughs> 20,000 good... steps I did on Monday. 20,000 oh. steps. We walked all the way back to Angel. Mm, the so... But the Arsenal fans weren't very happy at all, which shows how far we've come, I think. Yeah, and I just hope definitely. people don't find us out too much because they don't know about Elise yet, I don't think. Well, I don't think we know much about Elise. To be honest, we just we just know that he comes off the bench and gets involved in goals. Basically, that's all we know about him. But um, I mean, there was obviously with Wilf being out, there was a little bit of uh, 
a tweak in personnel and not not so much formation because I guess Edward played wide left for a lot of it but drifted in midfield um I'll start with you Heskiv how, how do you think he he did playing out wide left and um do you think it adds an extra option for for us when we do come across injuries yeah, I was a bit worried when we, we saw the team when we were in the pub and I, I was a bit worried that we were going to go four four two. Um But yeah, I think that the longer the game went on, obviously until we got subbed off, the, the better Edouard looked. You know, he, he's very confident on the ball. He looks pretty strong. Obviously, he's got a good touch. He was cutting inside really well. And I think it, it, it allowed Benteke to, to play better as well in a way. Um So yeah, I mean, it's great to know that 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 option is there. Not only can he play as a central striker, but he is just as just as good off off the, off the wing. Um, and we've talked, you know, in previous pods this this season about how good it is to have that depth on the bench. And you you know, like we've said just recently, to have Eze coming back, Elise's still sort of getting cameos. Schluppi can come off the bench. You know, it's really nice to know that even if. Uh, as an important player as Wilf is, it's out. It's not as much of a concern, perhaps, as it was in the last few years. And especially when you can play, you know, a striker out wide and it not really sort of affect his game that much. It's an even bigger bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um <clears throat> Nick, we've talked, well, Vieira's talked about it's going to be a while before Elise gets a start. Um, can it be that much longer if he's going to keep coming on and affecting games like this? Well, if it ain't broke, you know, if it's working. Uh, I was looking at the stats on uh, whoscored.com yesterday uh, while I was doing my other job for the match report. Um, and surprisingly, I's stats were mega on Monday. He had pass rate, uh, success rate, 97% success rate. Um, loads of brilliant take-ons. And it's one of those really weird ones where he's an escaped goat, I think, uh, where he's, he's blamed for lots of stuff. But actually, if you look at him, he's not doing too bad. Although you could say that he was at fault for allowing uh, Pepe's ball to go in for the first Arsenal goal. But isn't it nice not to rely on one player like we have done for the whole, for the, as long as I can remember now, since... Uh, since Sean Scannell left, I think, if we had anybody as good as Will for, for going forward and exciting me that much. Maybe maybe there's been others, maybe Shamak as well. But um it's it's just nice that we can do without him. Um Elisa, yeah, he's got to start soon, hasn't he? But then who does he who does he replace? Does he replace IU who's reliable and is good at tracking back and supporting Ward? Um, because I think that's the job he does as well as going forward. And can Elise do that? Yeah, it does kind of, um, the worry with Elise being on the field, I think, was um, apparent in the Arsenal equaliser because Anderson saw that it was Elise going out to Tierney and chased him out with it, where it just felt really weird that the tallest player in our team <laughs> run out of the box when the ball was about to be crossed into the box. God knows what he was thinking. Um, oh. I mean, that's kind of probably the third big error he's made this season. <laughs> I hope all the cracks aren't starting to appear. But no, like it's um yeah, and he, he obviously went out there to support to support Elise. And maybe he would have done that if it was IU he would have trusted a bit more, who knows? Um there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn for Elise. We can't expect him to just, you know, be thrown in ninety minutes every week and just get it, especially um you know, coming from Reading, there's no way he's going to have this sort of pressing philosophy in his in his brain, and he's he's going to have to learn a lot. I mean, I thought, oh, you had an excellent game against Arsenal. To be fair, and it's a lot of his strengths. You know, he broke up the play for one of the goals and got the assist. Um, brilliant, brilliant tackle. Um, really didn't allow him to set on the ball. It was funny hearing um, watching back on Monday Night Football and hearing him talking about how. Um, we were compared to Liverpool. Carragher was comparing us to Liverpool and saying, you know, this is what Mane does to Liverpool. I was like, whoa, Jesus. Slow <laughs> slow down a little bit. But talking about how we just pen, pen, were penning Arsenal in and blocking them in and not letting them out by bringing that winger over from the other side of the pitch. And um, 
Yeah, really great performance. So yeah, just looking at his stats now, um, I'm not. I mean, I'm surprised to see the 96 percent passing accuracy, but of course, so the, the the tackles and the interceptions and all of that. Um, the only surprising stat on there is that his his one shot was on target. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of down the keeper's throat. But what you've got to remember is um, now we've seen Edouard can play on the wing, uh, on the on that side. If you're not going to play Ayu, then it's going to be Wilf out there because I think. Both Benteke and Edward is good to have on. Although, who do we have as a replacement striker? We've got um, Mateta, who likes to back heel. But, you know, mm. we don't really want to play him because we don't want to have to pay for him. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, that, that's not going to be happening, I think. like, um, And then, obviously, there's going to be Jeff Schlapp as well, who's going to be involved at points. But um, I'd... As much as people seem to not want Ayu in the team, I can't. I just can't see him not playing for the first sixty-five to seventy minutes of games every week because of the shift that he puts in and the way he defends from the front. I think it's just going to happen, and at least he's going to have to make do with the odd twenty minutes here and there. Um, but if he's coming off the bench and he's getting goals and he's getting assists, then maybe it's the the best way to use him. Um, Right, let's get into talking about Newcastle. We're going to just go off to a short break and then we're going to be joined by a Newcastle fan called Chris. Um, and we'll be talking about um, the coming weekend, Bruce being sacked and uh, obviously the, ta- the takeover and his feelings on that. Uh, but before we head off to that, just remember that you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BOTN. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, yes, we're now joined by Newcastle fan Chris. Thanks for joining, Chris. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Very good. As I promised um, in messages, I won't Andrew mar you on the takeover here and um, really press you with some difficult questions, but... I think we'll start fresh off the press with Steve Bruce's, well, got you've all got your wishes, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure there was a Newcastle fan out there who wanted him to stay. Um, so how are you feeling? Well, yeah, great. I mean, you would think from the um, media response today that he was he was Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, and that he was one of the best managers of all time. And, and that, you know, I, I don't understand why there's there's all this rubbish being written about him being such a great bloke and a great manager because he'd he'd won seven in in the last 38 games and he hadn't won a game yet this season and and watching him had been lousy so so I think we're happy I think there was always a question about whether he should have gone before the Spurs game um we probably thought that he should have done um we lost that game so then we thought well he definitely should have done if we'd won that game I don't know what, what we'd be doing now but I think everyone's happy to to sort of move on and get a new manager in Mm. I saw a thing today, uh, <laughs> what Steve Bruce has said. This is a quote, an actual direct quote from Steve Bruce, lads. I think it might be my last job. It has been very, very tough to never really be wanted, to feel that people wanted me to foul and saying I would foul, that I was useless, a fat waste of space, a tactically inept cabbage head. <laughs> Chris, that's a bit harsh, mate. Why did you write that to him? <laughs> <laughs> I think he summed up his tenure pretty well in that. To be fair, a tactically inept cabbage head. I mean, <laughs> it, he was he was hopeless, wasn't he? And, and um, of course, the, it's difficult because whenever you talk about takeover and how happy people are feeling, people are feeling happy because they're getting rid of Mike Ashley, a guy that didn't care about the club, 
and and we disliked the managers that worked for Ashley that were yes men, the ones that um, you know came in and just just towed the party line. And he was one of them. Um, and he, you know, he, he came in on day one. It was an unambitious um, appointment, but one you'd come to expect from Ashley. He was never first, second, third choice. Um, and then that was it. He was mediocre and, and summed up a mediocre tenure. He might well be a nice bloke. He's probably a great bloke to have a pint with down the pub. Do I feel sorry for him? Yeah, why not? But he's getting eight and a half million pounds. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's the only football management seems to be the only career where you are <laughs> you're rewarded for for being bad at your job. And um, and and yeah, look, I think you know, he, he, I, I wouldn't see why he would go and get another job. And I don't know who would employ him, but mm. these things happen. So, well, maybe he can go off and write some more novels. I think he's done that in the past, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, they're impossible to get your hands on. I think there might be some audio recordings of him, though. But um, what well, sent Maximan, who God, there's no one in a palace sphere who wouldn't want him in the team, that's for sure. Um, he actually tweeted today saying that he's a really nice and caring bloke, Steve Bruce, and that um, he'll never forget like the way he made him feel and stuff. So, what Maximan says seems to resonate with. Newcastle fans a lot because I'm he's he's your man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is, and I think you know he came in from Nice, and he, he he was one of these that people had said had been difficult to work with, difficult to manage, and Steve Bruce seemed to get good results out of him. Um, I don't think he improved as a player though, and I think Bruce just just had a tactic which was give the ball to Sam Maximan and, and hope for the best, uh, and and equally. You know, players, flair players like that, perhaps don't enjoy training too much. And and from what we've heard and read, um, Steve Bruce didn't put the hours in on the training pitch, and he he was off on holiday a lot, and he he gave them extra days off on training. So I can see he probably did enjoy working for him. And again, he probably is a a, a nice bloke. I uh, so yeah, go so on. I've just been reading uh, about Steve Bruce on social media. Um, and here's, here's his quote. I was talking with my son about the abuse the referee was getting. And he said, Dad, it's nothing compared to what you get. I looked <laughs> and I was like, wow. But on the flip side, social media got me my dog back after it ran away from a firework display. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just fantastic. Two yeah. sides and all that to every coin. Now, Heskiff, um, any love lost with Steve Bruce? I mean, um, for the context, uh, young listeners, like young Palace listeners who might not know, Steve Bruce once upon a time managed Crystal Palace and we actually won seven games in a row at one point and stormed to the top of the league and we were just slaying all oncomers only for him to then all of a sudden say, I'm going to Birmingham now, buyer, when we were top of the league. And we replaced him with the outgoing Birmingham manager, Trevor Francis. Birmingham went up, we finished 14th or something in the same season. But do you care about Steve Bruce, whether he's a nice guy or not, or is it just see you later, mate? Well, first of all, I don't like being in the category of not young Palace fans. <laughs> so I'll take exception to that. Uh, no, I hate him. Uh, I I never forgive, ever. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel sorry for him. You know, like, like we said there, he, he's getting... Eight million or eight and a half million for being shit. So that's quite good. Um, so I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's going to be having an all right life, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I just, he'd. I, I wish he'd stayed on just because I think it would have given us a better chance of winning on Saturday. To be honest, but <laughs> I just just to put to to bed this nice bloke thing. I mean, he's a private landlord and um, has treated some of his tenants like crap. And you've seen that there's damp and mould and he doesn't look after them. And, you know, all this nice bloke, Steve Bruce, he is not a good bloke. And he's a, he's a multi-millionaire. He was a multi-millionaire before and he still is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hate him as well, to be fair. Well, on, um, for context, Julian Sprody is also a landlord. And it turned out that um, a colleague of my wife um, lived in one of his flats and she didn't know. And said the washing machine's broken, and Julian Sproni turned round, turned up to fix it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just going to say, I could imagine him coming round with a nice bottle of red wine and sort of <laughs> cooking your dinner and apologising. I, I can imagine him being a good landlord. Yeah. Um, right. So you've said there we'll put to bed the nice, the nice guy thing. So good segue into the 
the takeover. Um, I'm not going to ask you to speak on behalf of all Newcastle fans. I think this is the kind of thing that every Newcastle fan has to have their own feelings about and so on. Um, but first, I just like the excitement around it and that, you know, why, why are Newcastle fans so excited about it after all this time? Well, I mean, when I started watching Newcastle when I was young, I mean, it was the very beginning of the Keegan era and, and us being exciting. And I think that was probably a big reason I fell in love with football. And since then, I mean, we've won nothing in the whole time that I've I've supported them. And, and, and the Mike Ashley era, you know, it's been miserable. And, and I think we talk about a bit, you know, being a Palace fan, being a Newcastle fan, being any one of the teams that hasn't got money in the Premier League. You know, to, to to teams in League One, they might say, "Oh, it's it's not that bad." But you're watching dreadful football. You're getting beaten every week. You have the odd season in the Championship. You know, you've got nothing to look forward to. Your your club is not. Nobody cares about your club. You know, the owners never cared. Um, I, I said it probably best to someone, which was, "There's been a dead pigeon hanging up underneath the Gallagher or, or one of the stands." I can't remember that. That someone said. I just would like someone to go and, and remove it and, and give a bit of a blast with the jet washer of the stadium and give it a bit clean. You know, people talking about Mbappe and Haaland, they're not they're they're joking, they're having a laugh. Um maybe in the years to come we'll become like Man City, but being Newcastle, I can see us messing it up. <laughs> but we're just we're just enjoying the fact that we can hope, that we can think about, you know, yet this season. Right now, we deserve to be relegated based on the performances in the first eight games. And I think we'll get a January. We may well be in a, in a tough position, but there's a chance that we might spend our way out of it, which you know we haven't always. And then we can start and look forward to to trying to get involved in FA Cups and in the league and just doing all right. You know, everyone expects Newcastle fans to think. You know, people people say, oh, they, they all want the Champions League. They all want this, that, and the other. We just we just don't want to go to you know, winnable third round cup ties, playing our first 11 and then getting turned over by, you know, Oxford United or Mate, whatever you, else. It just sounds league. like you're talking about Palace. You could just was... come on air every week and no one to know. It's so <laughs> familiar, isn't it? Yeah, well, well, we went to Watford in the League Cup second round this season, f- full first team 11 against Watford second string and they, yeah, they turned us over 1-0. And it's, yeah, and but, but of course you, you get that excitement and, um, I mean, it's like the Joker said in Batman. You know, it's like a dog chasing the car. He wouldn't know what to do if he got there. I don't know what I don't know what we would do if we won a trophy. I don't know what I would, I would go off the radar. I mean, the, if we won the League Cup, I'd, I'd die a happy man. And we're now talking about potentially being a big club again. In ten years, it might be that you've got um, you know all twenty clubs in the Premier League have got huge foreign investment. And I don't know whether I look forward to that or not, but I guess. There's been year after year of teams like City having loads more and Chelsea having loads more and winning things because of that. So mm. it would just be nice to think that we could, you know, it could be our time for a bit. So yeah, mate, I'm with you. Um, when Liverpool won the league a couple of years ago, I was having arguments with all my Liverpool supporting mates who are from London, and it's like, well, I, I assume you're all on the chain up to Liverpool to celebrate, and they was like, no, why would I be? I was like, why would you be if Palace won the league cup? I'd be on top of the half weight stand at the stadium, drinking beers, waving a flag for probably the next two weeks. I might get sacked from my job if I don't remember to book it off as annual leave. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's like if we if we even qualified for the Europa Conference, I would be in Albania two weeks before the first pre- preliminary fucking away <laughs> leg, just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, definitely. Um, don't know what they've got. Um, <clears throat> so then... Obviously, that aside, you've got you've got rid of Ashley, which you've all been um, hoping for for a while now. Um, now, I, I said on last week's pod, there are no millionaires and billionaires who are decent people, which pretty much sums up everyone who owns every Premier League club. They're going to have done something horrible in the past at some point. But a um, little bit of taking the biscuit here. Um, does it... Does it trouble you at all having having owners who uh you know have the have the track record that they do? That is a tough question. I mean, <laughs> it, it's one of those that like it, it niggles a bit, but it, it's you know whenever I have a discussion with people, it, it's exactly what you said. You know, who who is a leader of a country who hasn't got blood on their hands, or who is a billionaire who hasn't got blood on their hands, you know, human rights records, all these things. There's loads of countries that are, that are pretty bad in this space and they own football clubs. And I think 
you know, I think Shearer got labelled as as being a, a a poster boy for it. Actually, he sat on Match of the Day and said, it's good that people are talking about this. You know, you call it sports washing on one hand, but at least if people are putting a bit of pressure on them or talking about these things and becoming aware of them, maybe they could do something about it. But you've got to separate yourself and say, it's football, and, and for all the Newcastle fans that do go and watch it, most of them probably haven't got the knowledge or, or to, to really argue about this kind of thing. And, I mean, even I don't fully... so. You can only say, look, there's investment into the club. We're happy to be to see in the back of Ashley. Um, would have loved a Geordie gazillionaire to 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 have taken it over and been able to invest in this way. Um, but it's just not the way that the world works. So we've just got to enjoy what we can. So one of the things that is the worry from a lot of Premier League clubs, and there was a, apparently a very spiky meeting this week, is around um, how investment gets into the club. Now, City went down this route in terms of trying to sell stupidly lucrative sponsorships being bought by owners or, you know, already the owners of the club, basically a way of them to kind of launder money into the club. Now, um, very succinct for us having you on and playing you this week because it's Steve Parrish who's at the meeting is the one who said, uh, basically, I don't give a fuck about who they are. (laughs) And if they want to threaten to sue us, we're all voting against this and it's voted against. Um, do you, do you think it should just be allowed that they can pay 100 quid for your shirt sponsorship? or, or Well, would... first of all, Steve Parrish, I, I, I've got a lot of time for. I enjoyed your your uh, Amazon documentary and it's it's given me a, a weird soft spot for Crystal <laughs> Palace, which, which I already had knowing you anyway. But, um, and, and, and whenever the, the, um, the Super League stuff came about, he, he spoke with a lot of sense. And I think he always speaks with a lot of sense about owning a football club. Um, I think it's tough to, to hear the top six clubs, you know, sort of get on their high horse and say, oh, we're going to try and block this, you know, because we want to be the six. There's always protection from the big clubs. Um, well, the, that was what the Super League fundamentally was. It was protecting... Exactly. And and I think I think the, the, the sad reality, if you're not a Newcastle fan, is they'll find a way of doing it. And even if it's voted against, they'll do it anyway. And... You know, you look. You only look to the to the um, the punishment that Man City got. You know, they got a, a ban for a bit for breaching financial fair play, and it ended up getting turned into a, a very small fine. And you're still fine in the Champions League. I mean, it's not in FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League. It's in nobody's interest to turn away the kind of money that these guys want to bring. Mm. And so, you know, you can you can all go and vote and say, look, you know, you're not going to have da da da. They, they will find a way. And who? You know who who says that a Saudi company that turns up and um, and and buys buys a or buys a sponsorship deal is connected? Are you just going to block all Saudi companies? Is it does it how does it work? I mean, somebody joked to me this week that there'll be a, a, a tiny little Saudi Arabian club who'll just buy John Joe Shelby for two hundred million quid, <laughs> just just like you were starting up a football manager save, and that's it. You'll have your money. Go on, Nick. Yeah, I, I read an article on. I actually bought an athletic subscription today. I bit the bullet and finally spent a few quid. And uh, you had a chap called Lee Charnley that attended the meeting today. And I'm going to quote from the athletic, and this is really aimed at Terence because I don't have a clue what it means. They said um, they just didn't turn up except for Lee Charnley, who sat there and read a statement like he was at a German wedding. Yeah, I found that like that because they'd obviously had a source who was ever writing that article. Um, I, f- I found a few things in there kind of a bit like close to the line, out of order, and probably not very PC. Um, that person's obviously never been to a German wedding because German weddings go to about seven in the morning, and you're all you're raving and getting really incredibly pissed. So um, I think he's alluding to that it was. He was very straight, just no humour whatsoever is what he's getting at. But even that, I mean, that poor, that's what I say, and I've just hung that guy out to dry. He's, he's the outgoing CEO, right? He's not. He's Ashley's bloke, and he's not going to be there. Well, he was never. A, he was never really. A, he was a managing director, but he he, he earned something like one hundred and twenty-five grand, which, by the way, I would love to earn. <laughs> but you know, when I think it was often compared with other people in those positions in in other in other football clubs and it was it was nothing and he'd had this miraculous rise of of sort of being an advisor he's been with the club sort of 20 years knows it sort of inside out and he'd, he'd gone from being a sort of a, a, an advisor to just 
a yes man for the Ashley regime, and it, and he was he seemed totally hopeless. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what they're doing sending him there. I don't know whether they just thought, you know what, we don't care, so we're going to send this guy. Mm. I, it just it just doesn't, yeah, just wasted wasted time that guy. But um, I can imagine he did just go and read a statement, yeah. which which probably was reading between the lines. We don't care what you think. We're yeah. doing what we want. Well, Nick's just put in our chat here, Geordie Phil Alexander. We have a similar sort of person who's worked his way out within Palace and has like, I think he's on the board of the Football League and stuff like that. But we refer to him as Teflon Phil because nothing can touch him. He's 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 been at the club in a very senior position through two administrations and somehow he survived each regime by just basically being a yes man, I guess. But <laughs> so, so, yeah. I guess he makes a good cup of tea. <laughs> um, right, so then weekend coming up, you're obviously coming to Sellers Park. Um, no, no wins in eight Premier League games um, for Newcastle. Obviously only one win in the same time for Palace. But our season's going to be more different. Yeah, I mean, I watched you guys against Arsenal and I thought you were fantastic. And deserved obviously deserved the win and and to have Arsenal cheering like that to to get a two all draw um you know it, it's ridiculous I think if you'd won that game, I would probably be thinking, oh you know we we might be able to go in and nick a result at Palace because you'll be thinking, hey, we've cracked it here and and quite often teams like ours go off and deliver a big result against a big club and then just trip up against someone useless and and we are someone useless um and and I think we often talk about you know it's a we're a great team if a club's been on a on a winless run to play I think we both say that like we always just turn over roll over um new manager effect well we'll have we'll have Graham Jones in the um in the dugout and I think he's been tactically pretty good um I mean I I'd love to I'd love us to go and, and get a win but but I, just, I think that I think that I mean, is Zahar going to be back at the weekend? Uh, very likely, he was only he had a cold apparently. So, I yeah, don't... I think I think I think if he's back in, it gets really difficult for us. And I think if if you know, I, I think we'd be very happy just to stop the rot and get a draw, get a point, another point on the road. We'd be happy with. Um, of course, I'd love us to get a new manager bounce, but it, it's yeah, it, I find it hard to think we're going to get anything there. Um, so we've got obviously John Joe Shelby suspended after his um, red card. Um, Jamal Lascelles and Isaac Hayden. What's Have this? They had a scrap, did they? Um, I mean, this happens a lot more often in football than we know about. Um, so I mean, I think the two of them would just get on good. with it, wouldn't they? Yeah, good. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's like you know, the, both of them have come out as good characters in the dressing room in the past. I think they disagreed on whether Bruce should be there or not. I think a lot of the players went off after Sunday and thought that he got the tactics wrong when we went to goal up. Um, and so yeah, they're a little scrap about it. But I don't think it'd be a problem at the weekend. But I mean, I watched Jamie Carragher on Monday Night Football tear our defence to shreds and. You know, it, it is a championship defence. We've not strengthened there, whereas whereas you guys have, have sort of got two good centre halves in. You've got your young right back Mitchell. You you know, you, you, we we look really shaky at the back, and I think with with Benteke's direct, and you've got um, you know, you've got Ayu and and Zahari able to do damage, and Edward looks looks good. I mean, it's a worrying fixture, but yeah. <laughs> Well, you've all, you've got the great Crystal Palace equaliser though in Callum Wilson. How's his hamstrings and knees looking like? Because we could do with him being out, or get picking up a slight strain before this weekend's game. <laughs> He's been fine to be fair, and because we because we nicked a result last year, and that was mm. you know we won two 0 didn't we against the run of play right at the end, and that and that again was a bit like Steve Bruce's look throughout the two years. You know, you compare him with Rafa, and people say he did well. It was games like that where we were totally outplayed, and then just. While you were pressing for a winner, we went and caught you on the break a couple of times, and um, you, you know. But Callum Wilson, he's fit. Sam Maximan's fit, and I think going forward, we've got plenty to to sort of make teams worry. But I just, it's whether you can string together the discipline for ninety minutes. That's the thing I won't I worry about. Um, we'll just see. Yeah, and then the other um, doubt, Miguel Alvaron. Now <laughs> talking about <laughs> teams and how they they do against you. When a player can't score a goal for love nor money, who 
who did Almiron score his first goal against? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was there. He scored, it was. I mean, the roar in the crowd was was fantastic. But but I mean, he came across as such an exciting player from the MLS at Atlanta, and he 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 he's electric, fast. But Steve Bruce has been playing him at defensive midfield. He's sort of like, oh, just just sit in front of the back four and and then break really quickly if you can. And we've not got the best out of him. So it's tough because you've got a few players like Sam Maximan and Almiron and even Jacob Murphy, who if you let them, you know, get a run up, you get a run, then they'll they'll be they'll be fine. But you need that defensive discipline to, to sort of let a couple of them go. And, and he's one that could. But um mm. we've benched at the weekend, so we'll have to see if if he gets back in. I like the idea that Steve Bruce is on the training pitch going to Almiron. Do you know what I see when I see you? Kante. You're the next Kante. <laughs> <laughs> Just slot in front of the back four, mate. You'll you'll break up play all day long. Right. Um predictions. It'd be nice to get a prediction from a Newcastle fan. So what what's the score gonna be, mate? I mean I'd be I'll be very happy with one all. So that's what I'll go for. Okay. Um Nick. We're due to give somebody a right old hammering. I'm sorry, Chris, but we've we've been playing so bloody well that we deserve something. And I'm just recalling when we turned you over 5-0 last time, you were you were rubbish and I don't think you've done much business since then. So I'm going 4 or 5 nil again for Palace because okay. we're going to be chomping at the bit. And as he said, you've got a championship defence. We've got Elise, we've got Wilf, we've got Edward. We've even got... Um, I could even see greater scoring against you. Like, <laughs> oh, easy. Leave it One of his wayward clearances. <laughs> it's um, it, you, you've got to get a tonkin. You've got to, you've got to really hit rock bottom before you can come back up again. And you haven't hit rock bottom yet. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, we've we had that. There'll be a couple of times in the times that we come up, we got spanked by Fulham four four one. We got spanked by Sunderland four nil. Um, and it was that it was at that point that we could actually, you know, we could, all the tension could be let loose and everyone could have it all out in the changing room. And um, yeah, and that's that is right. That's how you that's how you start to climb back up. Um, just for misremembering sake, it was five one because you got to remember Cisse scored and gave it to the Homesdale. And then as we proceeded to win five one, it was Cisse Cisse. What's the score for about fifteen minutes? Yeah, I, I was thinking was this this was seven years ago though, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was so long ago. Connor Wickham got three assists in that game, and I mean, I think he's played about nineteen minutes of football in the last four years. So seven over for Preston. Podgy was our manager then, I think, and he's been to you and many other clubs since, if I, if I remember rightly. I'm pretty sure he was our it manager. Was, it was quite a while back now, um, <laughs> but that's for sure. Uh, Heskiff, um, I'll let you go next because I'm I, I've got a lot of pressure on my prediction this week because I'm two two correct in a row. So yeah, I mean I I hear everything Nick says. I think we're playing really well. <laughs> um, we've got Wilf coming back, who's obviously our best player. Um, Newcastle are in bad form. Everything points to a fairly comfortable Palace win. However, I never predict wins because that's ridiculous. And friend of the show, miserable Dave Perry, who hasn't been to a game this season because he is a dad. Congratulations, Dave. Uh, is going to his first game of the season on Saturday. And even he's been saying that we're playing well. So... I'm going to say 1-0 Newcastle. <laughs> um, I mean, to, to be honest, I'm shocked to hear that um, someone let Miserable Dave close enough to them to um, impregnate. But no, <laughs> obviously, congratulations, Dave. Top stuff, mate. Um, my prediction is... Mm, I can't I can't see Callum Wilson not scoring. Um, and there are always a lot of goals in that game. So I'll go 3-1 Palace for this one. Which is my first predicted win, so I'll undoubtedly be wrong. Basically, I've predicted two two twice in the last two games, Chris. So na- nailed it because <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Well, what have you be- got for that? Uh, what in terms of cash money? Yeah, nothing. It's just props on this pod. That's all. No one even cares either. <laughs> I've um, I've got a random dice generator in the absence of uh, Mr. Curly. Okay, um, go on shall then. I do it? It's on another screen. Hang on. On, I'm sorry. sorry, I can't do sound effects. Okay, <laughs> dice number one says four. Oh. Dice number two, two. Four, two, Palace. There you go. Yeah. 
Um, I'll take it. I think there'll be goals. I think there will be goals. Um, we seem to start slow. Don't be surprised if you take the lead. Um, but yeah, I could see a four-two or three-one. I can see any sort of variations of that. There's gonna there's gonna be goals. That's for sure. Um, right, that's your lot for this week. Um, first of all, thanks to Chris for joining. Really appreciate that, mate. Good to get your insight on Newcastle. Um, Nick, thank you for standing in for Mr. Curley. Um, Heskiff, as always, you miserable bastard, predicting a 1-0 Newcastle win. I love it. Um, who we got next? Anyone know? Man City. Man City? Oh, I've got DL driving me up there, haven't I? Hopefully he'll, he won't leave so we get there at 20 past three like we did. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to Liverpool. They say you'll never walk alone. Poor Chris Clark was because he couldn't keep up with us. <laughs> we left him behind. Uh, okay. Well, that's um, that's a Saturday game, isn't it? So we'll be back um, in your ears on Thursday morning next week. Uh, we'll also, I guess, be covering off Wimbledon in the Papa John's. Um, are you coming, Heskiff? Yep. Yeah, new am, ground, new, the new plough lane. So um, if we if we win the Puppy John's trophy, what stand will you be drinking beer on then? <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, we won't get out of the group in the Puppy John's trophy because uh, we've already been annihilated by Sutton. So um, yeah, I don't I don't doubt it. But no, thank you to everyone for listening. Look out for the match report on Sunday, and until next week, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.